Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will hey, Andrew. Hello there, Edwin. You want to come in and sit down so we can have a conversation? Let's just pretend like I'm doing that. <laughs> just walking around with my mic in my hand. I mean, no one knows. There's no video. It could be happening. That's exactly what's happening. We're just freestyling a little bit here. I want to talk about Psalm 10 again. Well, we've been talking about it all week, haven't so, we? So much here. Today, I want to read from the Lexham English translation. This is Psalm 10. Why, O Yahweh, do you stand far off? Why do you hide during times of distress? In arrogance, the wicked persecutes the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes that they devised. For the wicked boasts about the desire of his heart. And the one greedy for gain curses and treats Yahweh with contempt. With bald-faced pride, the wicked will not seek God. There is no God in any of his thoughts. His ways endure at all times. Your judgments are aloof from him. As for all his enemies, he scoffs at them. He says in his heart, I shall not be moved throughout all generations, during which I will have no trouble. His mouth is filled with cursing, with deceits and oppression. Under his tongue are trouble and evil. He sits in ambush in villages. In the hiding places, he kills the innocent. His eyes lurk for the helpless. He lies in ambush secretly like a lion in a thicket. He lies in ambush to seize the poor. He seizes the poor by catching him in his net. He is crushed. He is bowed down. So the helpless host falls by his might. He says in his heart, God has forgotten. He has hidden his face. He never sees. Rise up, O Yahweh. O God, lift up your hand. Do not forget the afflicted. Why does the wicked treat God with contempt? He says in his heart, you will not call me to account. But you have seen. Indeed, you have noted trouble and grief to take it into your hand. The helpless abandons himself upon you. You have been the helper for the orphan. Break the arm of the wicked, and as for the evil man, seek out his wickedness until you find none. Yahweh is king forever and ever. The nations have perished from his land. The longing of the afflicted you have heard, O Yahweh. You will make their hearts secure. You will listen attentively to render judgment for the fatherless and the oppressed, so that a mere mortal from the earth will no longer cause terror. So one of the things we've been talking about is in the Septuagint, these psalms are one psalm. Psalm 9 includes Psalm 10, and so there's a difference there in that Greek translation than the Hebrew text where our English Bible comes from. But to this idea of overlap and connection, you have this similar talk about the wicked uh, that they should be caught in their own traps. In Psalm 9, verse 16, mm, yeah. the wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. In Psalm 10, verse 2, uh, the wicked in his pride persecutes the poor. Let them be caught in the plots which they have devised. And part of the schemes of the wicked, part of the snares, is their lies. And the wicked's words are quoted here. We we got confirmation in the in the broadcast yesterday that Psalm 10 appears in Romans chapter 3 when the apostle Paul is making his case and description for they are not righteous, no not one. He talks about their words being full of deceptions and lies. And he's quoting from Psalm 10. So let's talk a little bit about the words of the wicked and their quotations here. There is no God Okay. He will not hold me to account. Okay. I will not be moved. I will not be shaken. These are all things that the wicked are saying because God is not bringing judgment down quickly. 
I think in Ecclesiastes, even the, the, the preacher there talks about the fact that when judgment is not administered quickly, it, it causes the wicked to continue on. Mm-hmm. And there, I think in Ecclesiastes, it's referring to justice and injustice in the world. But here in, in Psalm 9 and 10, the psalmist is attributing it to God. Mm-hmm. And, and talking to God about that and these words. But here's what concerns me. Here's what concerns me. We, we talked yesterday about God and his reputation. Yeah. I'm a little bit concerned, though, about how similar this idea is when the, when the wicked says God has hidden himself, he will not see, and how similar that is to the questions that start off Psalm 10. Why do you stand so far off? Why have you hidden in times of trouble? Why do you hide yourself? I think I think we see here um, a danger for the psalmist. Mm-hmm. And I want to be always cognizant and aware of these dangers. And that is because God has not acted, the wicked tell him a lot of lies. And if we're not careful, the psalmist himself can end up falling for the lies. There's, there's a there's a similarity to the truth. I think the psalmist is right. This this idea of God hiding himself in times of trouble was, right. was a kind of a term that God would use to refer to the fact that when he was bringing judgment, he would hide himself or he would hide his face or turn his face away. And so there's some truth in that. And the wicked uses that to justify sin, to justify continuing in sin. And when the wicked says it again and again and again and again, and the, the righteous hear it, the God-fearers hear it, it can start to impact us and it can start to affect us and we can start believing those lies and we can start following the counsel of the wicked and standing in the way of the sinners and sitting in the seat of the scoffers. We've got to be careful that we do not fall for these lies. I mean, it's a great callback to Psalm 1 that you make there. Did you catch that? When I notice um, particular, I guess, quote set off here. So like in Psalm 10, verse 6, he has said in his heart, I shall not be moved. I shall never be in adversity. That's a, those are striking statements to me as evidence of a pride and of a haughtiness. But I wonder, does anyone believe that? I mean, when they tell these lies, are they actually persuaded of these things? Hmm. When I look at this prolonged description of the wicked in this psalm, as well as the particular words, or, you know, we're, we're calling them lies, lies that they tell, I think of our adversary. I think of the devil. I think of uh, him working in these same ways. And I wonder if he believes that I shall not be moved. I shall never be in adversity. I wonder if he works and moves with such a confidence and such a prowess um you know you were talking about well boy i mean aren't some of these words in romans 3 they are but look at this description as well of the wicked in verse 9 as a lion in his den he lies in wait to catch the poor that makes me think of our adversary in second peter or excuse me first peter uh five that he is a lion seeking whom he may devour Mm -hmm. you know that the the methods of the wicked one and the lies of the wicked one are coming through the actions and the words of the wicked oppressing the righteous. Well, and Satan is a tempter. He is a liar and the father of lies. He tempts and he brings his lies about so that the righteous will fall according mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, I mentioned Psalm 1 a few moments ago. I think uh, Psalm Psalm 4, Psalm 5, uh, let me see here. Yeah, Psalm 5 in verse 8. When, when we were when we were having our conversations about Psalm 5, we mentioned there, Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. We recognize that the enemy is a liar. Mm-hmm. And the reason I need the Lord's leadership is because the lies of the enemy and the enemies mm-hmm. impact us. Mm-hmm. They, they impact us. I'm thinking about the model prayer. Um Deliver me from, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil, or as some translations, from the evil Even one. Evil one yeah. And so here is the tempter, here is the liar, mm-hmm. and these lies and these temptations have their impact. Mm-hmm. And I, what I've got to make sure is that I do not fall for the lies. When I am praying, Lord, why have you hidden your face? Why are you looking away? Why aren't you doing something about this? What I want to make sure I don't do is move to the place of the wicked that is saying, because he has hidden his face, I can get away with stuff. Yeah. I mean, the wicked has bought into the liars, repeating the lie, and using this word, never. And never is an awfully long time. But you know, in verse 6, the wicked says, I shall never be in adversity. Or verse 11, he says of God, he will never see. Um, and I, th- you know, when you step back and, and think, you realize, well, never is a long time. I, I shouldn't talk like that. But I mean, to make this lie that there is no God, or I'm not sure if there's a God or not, you might actually use words like that. That you're going to get away with something and do something, and there will never be anyone to, that you'll answer to for that. So, unless we think that uh, we're, you know, stretching this and just trying to make some kind of point, I want to remember Psalm 73, which we're not going to get to this year in this season. So, Psalm 73, uh, there in Psalm 10, uh, Psalm 10 and verse 5, talking about the wicked, his ways prosper at all times. Mm-hmm. In Psalm 73, a Psalm of Asaph, he starts with, Truly, God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. Mm-hmm. My steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And he, and he goes on. In fact, down in verse 11, there's the wicked saying, how can God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? Here, here these guys are prospering, and this psalmist, his feet are almost caused to slip. He wonders, as I did all of this righteousness, was it any good? Mm-hmm. And so it it's a possibility that the righteous can succumb to the lies of the wicked as they hear them again and again and again and again. Don't fall for the lies. Don't fall for the lies. Verse 13 is another statement of the wicked. Uh, he has said in his heart, you will not require an account. You know, that uh, you make the connection there to Psalm 73, and I uh, appreciate that so much, as Asaph struggles with, it seems like there's not going to be an accounting. But but then he said, then I remembered. <laughs> then I remembered, yeah. <laughs> then I remembered. I know what's going to happen. There and will be. There will be, and it will be sudden. It will be a sudden uh, coming of the Lord and a sudden accounting. But in that delay, uh, he's caused to doubt. Tying back into Romans chapter 3, you know, there's the, these lists that are quoting from the Psalms and, and then the prophets. And I know one of the shortcomings for me in the past is I've always wanted to say, well, I'm not that bad. 
And I've, as I've taught in Romans 3, I've always tried to pass on to people that Paul is not saying, I'm a sinner when I'm that bad. He's saying, I'm that bad when I'm a sinner. And it's interesting that as he's trying to use piece these psalms and these quotes from the prophets together to talk about how all of us are sinful, right. he goes to this psalm where, look, this, this is an evil, evil, evil person mm. that's described in Psalm 10. Yeah. And so when I sure. go back and I read that description, I do want to say, Paul, I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy who lies in wait. I'm not the guy who ambushes the innocent. Right. But then I remember Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount when he says, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit murder and whoever commits murder will be liable to the judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to the judgment. And whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. And I am reminded, oh, I have done that. Wow. So, (laughs) yeah, when I read the Psalms, so often I want to put myself in the voice of the psalmist. And I think it's just because of the person that they're written in, right? The voice that they're written in. Um, But what a challenge to put myself in the other shoes and say, actually, does the wicked describe me more? You know, the, the, the wiles of the wicked and the lies that the wicked is believing, is that really more my place and my mindset than the, than the oppressed psalmist? Uh, could be. Wow. And, and as, I, as I think along those lines and I put myself on the other side of this, uh, one of the things I recognize is that, you know, not everybody who's an atheist is this wicked, at least when we talk about this. You know, there, there's mm-hmm. some, some there's folks some who that... don't believe in God that are very nice, that are very kind. In fact, they, they pursue a lot of the same morality that you and I would. But every, everyone who acts like this, though, is saying, whether they would say it with their mouth or not, they're saying they don't believe there's a God or they don't mm-hmm. believe that God is going to do anything about it. So yeah, practical let's, atheists. Yeah, let's not let's not mistake the psalmist as saying, hey, everybody who believes there's no God is just as wicked and vile as they possibly can be. He's not saying that. But he is saying that everyone, whether they go to church or not, who decides I'm going to disobey God's word, I'm going to disobey God's law, they are saying with their life, God doesn't matter for my life. Yeah, we must not be those people. God matters. Yeah, and uh, and and we need to be lifting that up. His reputation matters. Well, we're coming to the end of our time again on this conversation, Andrew. For those listening in, thank you so much for being with us this week. And we've got one more day. Hope that you are subscribed and will be listening tomorrow as well. Please rate and review and pass this on. It helps other people find us. And uh, let's go ahead and wrap up with a word of prayer. My great God and Father. We are aware, God, there are so many messages swirling around us, and many of them boil down to the same ideas expressed by the wicked and recorded here in Psalm 10. These terrible lies and ideas that that um, the wicked will never be in adversity, and uh, it's foolish to pursue righteousness in the ways of God, or the the lies that, that you have forgotten us and you do not see, or, or the lie that there will never be a judge, never be an account. Father, help us, help us to remember the truth of your word and that you are there, that you are here, that you see. Help us not to be seduced by the lies of the wicked or influenced by practical atheism, Father. And and God forbid that we be practical atheists. Help us to remember you and serve you this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. So one of the things we've been talking about uh, this week on the... Uh, mm,